Well, hello everyone. I'm really delighted to welcome you to the latest edition of TNC's Down the Wire podcast. And today's topic is an absolute cracker, creating your strategy for ZTNA. I'm John Waterhouse, CEO of the Network Collective. I'll be your host for the next 20 minutes. As I'm sure everyone joining knows, TNC is the UK's largest independent network and telecom strategy and sourcing consultancy. We support over 300 major UK multinational companies and help them to get the best possible commercial, technical, operational and contractual results from the network and telecom solutions. So joining us today to share his expertise is our CTO, Craig Northveth. Craig, would you like to say hello to our viewers and listeners? Yeah, hi, John. Hi, viewers and listeners. It's nice to be back again. It's been a while since we've done one of these. So, um, yeah, looking forward to this topic today. It is. It's a good topic as well, isn't it? Very good topic. Um, yeah, so super interesting. So what we're going to cover today is what are the key steps you need to take to develop your strategy for ZTNA? But I think before we go any further, our first question today should be, what does ZTNA stand for? Now, I went into this podcast thinking, well, I know what ZTNA stands for. And in our preamble, you told me I might not know what ZTNA stands for. So Craig, what does ZTNA stand for? Yeah, it's just, it's just a really great question to start off with, John, because I think um, there are various different definitions of this out in the met, in, in, in the market. Um, so I think I think let's start let's start with the kind of the, the top level definition, the conceptual definition of ZTNA, so zero trust network architecture. So I think the key the key thing here is this is a concept. So this is really around looking at all aspects of the network, the compute environment, the end user environment, and trying to establish how you create zero trust. Um, so you're being able to ultimately utilize open networks, um, really look at how you um, identify users, apply security, use trust brokerage effectively to get from user to application and so on and so forth. But also that's within the data center environment as well. So you can create a zero trust architecture within the data center environment as well. So it's a concept, it's an architectural concept. I think that's what most people would know it as. I think what we also see in the market now is a particular product variation of ZTNA. Um, so we've seen some of the, the key players in the market talk about ZTNA zero trust network access. So uh, when, we, okay. when we hear this kind of access variation of it, typically this is really focused on almost like VPN, traditional VPN replacement. So it's using the, the concepts and principles of ZTNA as zero trust network architecture, but specifically looking at zero trust network access and, and how that effectively, you know, would potentially become a replacement for traditional VPNs. So the risk of adding acronyms on acronyms, are we essentially saying that a very tight definition of ZTNA as access is actually a part of the wider ZTNA of architecture? You could say that, yeah, I think that's that's probably a nice summary, a nice, a nice wrap up for it, but yeah, absolutely. No, access is access is a component, obviously, of of the, the overall architectural concepts and principles. So yes, that's that's a good way to summarise. Okay, and on 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 our pod today, we're talking zero trust network architecture, so the more holistic. Yes. Definition. Yes. Cool. Excellent. I hadn't anticipated that being quite such a complicated question. But anyway, <laughs> so you started to, to 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 sort of talk us through what ZTNA, as in Zero Trust Network Architecture, is. Can you expand on that at a conceptual level and, and, and also sort of touch on why it's becoming such a hot topic? 
Yeah, so I think I think the, the, the concept then, so if you, if you look at it as a concept, um, it's really it's really been born out of a number of things. So, you know, there's been a strong focus on security for many years. Um, and I think there's been a lot of debates, a lot of arguments around the best way to secure data, best way to secure users, the best way to secure your network. And I think where we've ended up over the last few years is a, a general concept that it's very difficult to sort of build perimeter type security models these days. Um, you know, we know things like hybrid working, cloud-based computing, multi-cloud computing, um, um, you know, consumerization of IT services, IoT, all this type of stuff makes it very difficult to define boundaries. So ZTNA as a concept really is coming around uh, around the, the, the principle of almost like trust, trust nothing and verify everything. So really, you know, if you want to access a, a, an asset, whether that's a data asset, a service, um, you know, a, a network asset within, within your environment, you've got to you've got to be able to implicitly verify the end user that's trying to consume that or the device that's trying to consume that, consume that service. So, so identify it, authenticate it and authorize it. And, and continually go through that process to ensure that, you know, if there's a posture change, for instance, if a different user logs onto a device or if a device is compromised or, or something like that, that you're continually checking that process of, of authentication authorization. So this is the this is how we kind of move into right zero trust. Yeah, trust nothing, authenticate, authorize absolutely everything and continually do that process throughout the end-to-end -end cycle of accessing applications. And, and just to be clear. You, you, you talked earlier on about ZTNA being being a concept, and I guess that's a key point, right? It's a concept, not a. It's not a single product. You can't go out and buy ZTNA and plug it in, and it's done. It's a. It's a. Yeah. It's a set of things. The set. It's, it's a set of. It's a set of architectural principles, which then effectively turn into um, a number of potentially different products. Um, so when we look at look at the concept overall and we look at the potential products that might sit within there, um, there's there's a lot of different things. So you know we could we could say that that SD WAN and certain SASE services form part of a ZTNA concept. Um, you know, when we look at look at this from a uh, a branch point of view, for instance, versus a maybe a hybrid worker, someone who's working or a home worker. And the, the concept is slightly different. So within a within a branch, you know, SD WAN might be able to provide some of them key security controls. Um, you know, identity management might be able to provide some um, inspection of, of traffic. It might be able to provide some secure tunneling up to the application. So you're creating some trust effectively from a branch environment to an application. But when you're at home, you're, you're on an untrusted network. Um, so you need to be able to again try to replicate that same thing. But in that instance, you'd probably use, um, you know, end user clients. You might use some cloud-based secure access service, edge capabilities, SASE capabilities, the secure web, secure web gateway, for instance, or cloud-hosted IDS, IPS type services, um, and trying to trying to replicate the zero trust principles, regardless of where you're accessing services from, and regardless of the applications that you're accessing as well. So again, public, public, private types of different 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 types of applications and is this when we talk about this becoming a kind of really hot topic we we can see that in our consultancy business right that that the number of projects we're undertaking with a ztna focus etc is, is kind of you know going up very quickly expanding very quickly 
is it hybrid working which has kind of got everyone so excited about it is that what's behind it or are there, are there other drivers i think there's there's probably there's probably three or four key things um so hybrid working is definitely one of the one of the challenges you know so from a from a basic security operations perspective you know hybrid hybrid working introduces lots of risk um you know you obviously still need to be able to push push a consistent policy across the whole environment whether they're in a, a a private location in a branch location or whether they're at home you need some level of consistency in terms of you know applying security controls and applying some level of author, authorization authentication to application access so i think that's 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 definitely one of the drivers i think the other the other thing would be the general infosec security mandate now so you know zero trust is high on the infosec agenda mm -hmm. so zero trust as a principle looking at that across all aspects so application development and data center architecture design cloud architecture design and obviously zero and trust network architecture design as well mm -hmm. so it's really being pushed down as a a key infosec principle into the business um, so that's again the driving force behind looking at how to do things differently <clears throat> i think the sort of third thing is as well around cloud transformation so this can be seen as potentially an enabler for cloud, cloud transformation so if you if you create a policy or a principle around zero trust architecture zero trust network architecture and particularly zero trust network access um then moving your applications in the background maybe from an on-prem to a cloud-based solution the, the 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 experience from an end user perspective is quite transparent Right. access there's the same so we're starting to see people look at it as potentially as an enabler um for allowing the transition of <clears throat> on-prem workloads to cloud workloads right 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 well, so, so there's a lot yeah. of things going for it really yeah okay yeah i mean that that does explain it because i mean you know just looking across our customer base and i'm sure we're all sort of large enterprises that clarification is you know, it's a, it's a huge process, a huge driver. It's happening everywhere. So, yeah, that that, that, that explains why there's so much interest in in ZTNA. I think the I think the fourth one is just because the you know the threat the threat landscape generally is becoming far more complex these days. The traditional models are just not really fit for purpose. Um, you know, you could we've got some customers with traditional models where they just had to increase the deployment of firewalls across you know lots of different locations providing logical segmentation within local environments and it just becomes a massive overhead mm. in from a security operations point of view and obviously a big cost as well yeah. um, because you have license support all of them uh, distribute firewall capabilities whereas moving to more of a zero trust you know kind of identity driven cloud-based um, uh, model, it becomes easy to administer, it obviously easy to orchestrate single policy enforcement and allows you more flexibility in terms of yeah, moving applications and changing the privileged access on a per user basis depending mm. on their posture. So, you know, again, a good, a great example of how this would work in practice. If, if you're on a, uh, your organize, your enterprise, branch location, then, you know, that could be deemed as a semi-trusted network, if you like, you might be able to access more within that environment than potentially what you could do if you were in a Costa or a McDonald's, for instance, mm -hmm. because, you know, you're not necessarily going to be wanting to give Crown Jewels access to somebody who sat in a, in an unsecure type of area. Mm -hmm. 
So you can really look at the, the posture of a device, the the access that the conditional access type based models in terms of where you're where you're coming from, what you're accessing. Um, you know, have you got the latest uh, antivirus signatures and things like that on your device? Is it up to date? Is the SSL certificate, you know, valid? Lots of different things that you can meet, feed into the mix in terms of um, approving access to certain applications. And it sounds like it, it's 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 a much more agile yeah. architecture that you know, go, going back to the, the the model we were talking about, that you know, we are still seeing of you know more and more firewalls out there, et cetera, et cetera. It sounds like that would be a much more rigid model, and in the more modern kind of more fluid agile enterprise environment that presumably would would really slow things down compared to a you know ZTNA which would give much more flexibility it's, it's far more flexible it's, it's far more consistent as well in terms of policy um you know one of the challenges a lot of organizations have with multiple enforcement points is consistent policy um you know you, you could have different policies in terms of what services you can access on a branch versus what you can access at home is where hybrid hybrid working is changing that as well. Um, you know, people people want hybrid working becoming a permanent fixture now. Organisations want their people to be able to you know access things as frictionlessly as possible, mm -hmm. um, so not have to you know maybe backhaul to a uh, a VPN gateway in the data center, then be applied some security there and then trombone back out of the internet access to access, you know, some services that are out in SaaS or in the cloud. They wanted to be able to go direct because it's far more efficient. Yeah. No reliance on the backhaul or single point of failing within the data centers, but they want them to still be able to have that same consistent security policy. So this is where, you know, we start seeing the, the ZT and the Zero Trust Network access model as a product becoming quite prominent as well. Okay, well, that, I mean, that's a sort of perfect segue, really, because what I, I was hoping you would talk us through is what are the elements that make up the Zero Trust Network architecture itself? And it sounds like the, 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 the Zero Trust access is, is one of the components, but what, what are the other components that go into making up a ZTNA environment? Yeah, I think if we look at the access, so, so the way where we kind of position this with customers now is there's probably two two core areas to, to focus on. So there's the there's the access piece. So this is you know users to applications effectively securing that connection. Um, again, going through that, that that verification, identification, authentication, approval type process. And then there's the, the the kind of second half of this is looking at trying to create a zero trust environment within. Uh, a private or public data center. So this is more in that side. This is more around segmentation and almost like micro segmentation of, of of applications and services. So building a fairly traditional, you know, logical um, design, but micro segmented within that environment. So applications can't talk to applications without that same level of authentication, authorization, and approval. Um, so really trying to provide some you know, lockdown protection within that environment. The access side of thing, when we look at the components there, I guess there's probably two or three key components in that process. So, uh, uh, so if you start at the kind of user level um, or device level, typically there would be a client, um, quite similar to a VPN client, that, which most organizations would have on their machines today. But it would be a, a ZTNA based client, a zero trust network access client. 
a client would talk to um, a cloud service from a provider, um, a kind of secure service edge type service. Mm-hmm. Um, within that cloud, effectively, there'll be a couple of things. So there'll be some inspection and inspection and identity management there. There'd be um, something called a trust broker. So the trust broker is something that would talk directly to an organization's IDAM platform. Um, so it could be, for example, you know, Azure AD. So that's where all the policies sat around what users can access. Mm-hmm. So you know there might be a specific policy for a group of users in finance, for instance, that have got access to finance platforms and maybe some productivity platforms. So what that trust broker would do along with the, um, the secure service edge capabilities is do a lot of things like posture check-in, conditional access check-in, um, sync up to the, the identity management and policy management process to say what can this person access mm-hmm. and once it's gone through that verification authentication approval process what it does then ultimately is it calls into an application connector which sits in front of the application in the data center that application connector then say effectively establishes connection back into the trust broker and then it joins the two things together so where this is really strong from a security point of view is the end user never talks directly to the application right so you, you you're basically you know providing some you know really stringent security around never allowing any direct access into that application that application effectively is pulled together the the, the end user connectivity and the application connectivity is brought together by that trust broker and it's only brought together based on the parameters set by the um, identity management and authorization policy so you know it's it's just really clever um, but it provides a, a massive, you know, improvement in terms of perimeter security because mm. you can pretty much turn off any inbound access other than the trust broker to your applications. And you were saying as well that it, it's it's continually doing this this uh, uh, verification. Yes. So it, it, again, talking about that sort of agile environment, it's it's you know, it's not just right. You're inside the perimeter. You can do what you like it's continually securing yeah yeah and again that's that's another enhancement so traditional security models once you pass once you through the boundaries effectively you've usually got some sort of you know lateral movement across the environment um and that's not not necessarily checked because you know you've gone through all the inspection mm-hmm. the approval so once you're in you're in if if a device becomes compromised then potentially you know it's open to it's open to bad actors and things like that whereas the key concept around around the zero trust network access products is it's it's continually verifying mm. so it's checking in and again you can do this based on different levels of of application that you're accessing so if you've got you know your tier one applications you might want to run that verification process more often for instance but it's, it's continually checking against posture changes or yeah um signature changes or, or ssl certificate failures or any of that kind of stuff and it will kill the connection if it sees that there's something wrong. Um, so yeah, it's just a huge, huge improvement in terms of of securing the network access. Mm. But it, uh, it's super interesting. I guess you know what you're describing. You know, is a pretty complex set of services. How how mature is this in terms of um, you know to what extent is this? in production now or you know or organizations kind of starting to think the thoughts and starting to develop the strategies but 
full implementation is still yeah. off in the future? I think it's I think it's quite early days. I think there's a few, certainly a few of our customers that are well into the process of proving the concept, proving the value of this alongside, you know, other projects like like cloud transformation, for instance. Um, we have some customers that have done it for specific applications. Um, I think I think there are obviously some some challenges challenges to this process. It's not something that you can just flick a switch and turn it on and and away you go. You know, there's some some deep thinking that needs to be done around the application environment, how you authenticate against them applications. You know, there will be some potentially legacy applications that are just not suitable for this type of model. Um, I think there's a lot to be thought of in terms of operating model as well. You know, this does massively change the operating model. Um, you're going from what traditionally most organizations have sort of some siloed infrastructure teams, network security, applications teams, identity management teams, and user teams. This model kind of pulls all that together. Mm. Uh, so there needs to be much deeper integration between them teams to effectively deliver this and support this as well in life. You know, this becomes identity-driven networking effectively, uh, or identity-driven access. But it's got, it, it is a network service, you know, it's, it's a secure network service rather than it being a security service, I think. Yeah. And then that's one of the key key differences here. Um, so you do need to look at that, yeah, operating model, looking at how you structure a team, um, how you sort of deliver this and support this. But there's all sorts of other things, you know, to take into consideration. Um, vendor selection, you know, this 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 isn't necessarily your typical networking vendors who are providing this as a service. Yeah. It's maybe a combination of security vendors, hyperscalers, you know, obviously some network vendors in the mix as well. Um, we've seen some pure play SASE vendors come to the come to the market. So it's quite a quite a lot of work to be done around who's the best fit provider to deliver mm. this as a service. Um, does that provider then also um, deliver other services like SD One and yeah. um, the other security services as well? Um, so it's quite, there's quite a lot of strategic thinking and considerations that go into this before you can actually think, well, actually, yeah, this is what my strategy looks like from a ZTNA point of view. And I guess you've got a challenge in there, <coughs> overlap between different services, yeah. different service providers and, and, and so on. So you, I guess the potential to end up with a very complex environment, unless you've got a, unless you tackle this in a very strategic way, yeah. really think about what, the target end state is and reverse back from there the risk is you end up with these guys providing the network these you know this vendor providing the you know the network hardware these guys providing the sd wan these guys, you know you could end up with a you know kind of real mess yeah absolutely i think i think you know you mentioned then the overlap i think i think that's what we are seeing in the market at the minute is there is a, quite a lot of overlapping capabilities between things that we see you know, at the at the kind of end user level, the SD one level, the, the secure access service edge level, the, the the cloud level. So you know, the kind of Azure's AWS, what's capabilities in there. So there are quite a lot of over, overlapping overlapping functions and capabilities. So it's around you know key considerations. Is there a, is there opportunities to single stack this with a single vendor end to end? Um, if it's not single stack, if it's a multi multi vendor stack, then how does that integrate? Where are the overlaps? 
how do you you know kind of create boundaries effectively or where do the boundaries lie within the process yeah. of architecture um so there's yeah i mean the, the the good thing is is obviously we are working with a lot of customers in this space and we are coming up with some good ideas um in terms of how you would create this as a as an architecture and as a type of operating model um I think the downside is there are lots of different ways of cutting this. Um, you know, we've said this, and I think in many, many recent podcasts, the whole the whole networking world has got far more complex these days. Um, there's a, there's a lot new, a lot of new disruptors, if you like, in the market. There's a lot of new technologies being being brought to the market, um, and there is a there is a lack of I think there is a lack of skills and capability, um, probably on the customer side to to really try and disseminate some of this to a point where they know what they need to do yeah 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 well and that was giving my final question really but we'll have to be quite quick because we're as always slightly over time because it's such an interesting topic but you know it, 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 what would you you know people will be listening to this or watching this who are facing into needing to do something about ZTNL wanting to do something about ZTNL seeing that ZTNA could be you know, a, a valuable technology for their organization. What are the key steps they need to take? I'm guessing key step number one is to is to sit down and really think through what your strategy, where you're trying to get to, by when, to achieve what, sort of reverse back from there. Yeah, I think I think it is that. So I mean I think the key the key thing is don't don't underestimate the complexity of this um so this is you know we we are we do we do kind of talk about this as a bit of a step change i guess in the mm. in the networking world um you know is 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 really starting to become more of a you know almost like as a service or virtualized concept now um as opposed to you know like it's been for many years um physical infrastructure assets you know lots of kit on site I think the footprint from a branch perspective is becoming lighter and a lot more of the intelligence is mm. being virtualized and moving to the cloud. So I think I think what that really boils down to is it's it's a big piece of work. It's it's a it's transformative piece of work. Yes. You know, we've we've talked in the past about the network becoming it has been for many years, but increasingly becoming a, a critical part of the the business, the business infrastructure. You know, yeah. not being not it, everything relies on it now. Um, and obviously securing it is as much as, as it's important as anything else. Mm. So, it's, it's got that leakage now, right? I guess that's the key thing. The reason why it's become so complex and so transformational is it's not just now some plumbing over which the security guys do their security and the applications guys do their applications. What you're describing in the ZTNA world, the network is becoming the security and is you know and needs to integrate you know from you know, to about IDV and so on needs to integrate back into the applications and so on so it's becoming yeah. a much uh bigger and 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 uh, i guess more wide-ranging part of the infrastructure yeah and it, it, it makes sense right doesn't it because it's, it's, it's again traditionally why would you um, why, why would you kind of divert traffic off, off to another device and then, you know, do the inspection, do the security, and then bring it back onto the network? Um, the, the network is the thing that's carrying all of the traffic. It's the, the highway, effectively, isn't it, between users and and applications? So 
trying to embed as much of this capability into the network makes a lot of sense. Um, but that's and, and that's just the way we see the market going. But yeah, I think I think you know back to back to the question, what do what do customers need to do? It, it really is, you know, think think of this as a strategic activity, approach it like a transformation. Um, think about all of the dependencies that's that's in play here. So your application environment, um, your end users, think about policies around hybrid working. Obviously, take some input from InfoSec because they're gonna have the mandate around zero trust or highly like the mandate around zero trust. Um and it needs to be a, a collaborative and collective process across most of the IT, you know, architecture and application oh. teams, because it will impact everything. And call us. Obviously. I mean that's <laughs> but you know, on a serious point, there are many consultancies out there who have been across this as broadly as we have with the numbers of customers. Yeah. And of course, with the independence, you know, yeah. so not just trying to say, yeah, great, whatever your problem is, why don't you buy something from, you know, from these guys? So I guess that combination of independence and expertise, you know, probably puts us in a pretty useful position to help organizations who are starting to think down this road. Yeah, I, th I think that's key. You know, we've it's, so, the, so the independence is absolutely paramount, but the experience, I think, you know, we, we are running through these processes, whether it's strategy development, whether it's procurement, whether it's proof of concept, proof of value with the key vendors in this space. We're, we're living this day in, day out. Um, we're capturing the data. Um, we're obviously recycling that data in all of our processes that we run beyond this point. And yeah, we've got, we've probably got a lot more information than most in this market right now. Great. We've run out of time. We could talk for at least another half hour on this. No bother. Um, but really, really fascinating. And, you know, it's, no doubt we will be back talking about ZTNA in the near future because it, you know, it looks like it's 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 um, pulling together so many of the big trends in 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 the market. It's going to be a, a big deal in itself. So, thank you for providing your insights. It'll be really interesting. Thank you, everyone, for listening as well and, and and for watching please do let us know any questions you may have about this or any other network and telecoms topic you can get in touch with us through our website or the usual social channels and we look forward to talking with you again soon